Chapter 19 of The Wild Irishman by Thomas William Hodgson, T.W.H. Crossland. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by John Brandon. Chapter 19 Pigs. In Ireland, the pig has long been understood to pay the rent. Hence, no doubt, it comes to pass that Irish rents are not always paid up. That an animal such as the pig, a grunting, groveling, wallower in slows, should be so popular a favorite among the Irish, does not speak too well for them. In England, the favorite and most bepraised domestic beast is the dog. The keeping of a pup of some sort is a mark of true English blood. Dogs in Ireland do not appear to be so popular. The fact is, of course, that the pig has been thrust down the Irish throat by greedy, grasping landlordism. Their worships, the factors and agents, perceiving that good man Patrick was hard put to it for the means of subsistence when he had satisfied their rapacious demands, informed him blithely that a pig would make an admirable domestic pet and addendum to the potato patch, and unlike a common dog, could, when you have petted him to a certain sleekness, be killed and eaten or salted and sold. So that the wild Irishman has taken to pig-keeping with a zest, which is without parallel among other races, whereas for dogs he has little or no room. The English collier, who on being met in a lane with a couple of fine terriers, was asked by a thrifty landholder if he, the collier, might have shown greater wisdom had he spent his money on pigs rather than on terriers, replied, Perhaps so. But a man would look a damned fool going ratting we two pigs one supposes that in ireland if the people ever do go ratting they do it with these same porkers quite apart from questions of sport however the pig is certainly not the sweetest of quadrupeds and to have him with you continually in the house like william had dora must be something of a trial rent or no rent it is notable as indicating the difference between the treatment meted out to the english and to the irish that when a certain woman of epping or some such neighborhood, took to the keeping of pigs on the Irish principle, she was swooped down upon by the authorities, who have charge of the public sanitation, and compelled to part with her pet. In Ireland, you can maintain familiarly in your kitchen as many pigs as you like, and nobody will interfere with you. Possibly the relationship between the Irishman and his pig might be considered reasonable if one were by any means certain that when the pig has discharged his duties as a household pet and comes squalling to the knife he were really meat for the irishman and his family i am afraid however that in too many instances the people are so frightfully poor that the bulk and best parts of the family pig's carcass pass out of ireland onto the breakfast tables of the bloated english under the name and guise of irish provisions on the whole one inclines to the view that even as in the long run the irish would be the happier and the better fed without the potato they might with advantage dispense also with the pig it sounds like rank heresy but i commend this suggestion to all thoughtful legislators the pig requires neither care nor attention in the matter of his bringing up he is a feeder on refuse and garbage he would just as soon sleep on your domestic hearth as in the snuggest sty that was ever built and generally speaking he may be considered a very proper beast 
for association with an indolent man with the potatoes shooting up merrily forniced your cabin door and the pig fattening himself gruntingly and without assistance from yourself you may well incline in honeyed ease and never really trouble to do a day's work and it follows that in the course of time you fall irrevocably into the potato and pig habit and acquiesce in the potato and pig standard of living comfort and culture you vegetate like the tuber and you grunt and snore and thrive on nothing like the porker it suits the landlords and the legislators and the philosophers and it fits in entirely with the taint of indolence which always lurks in the irish blood the farming of one pig not to mention the keeping of pigs in cabins should be prohibited by act of parliament there would naturally be great howls from the irish people for nobody is loved with a greater love or treated with a greater amount of respect in ireland than the single pig but he is a blight and a mistake and a failure both economically and socially the irish of america it is true have made fortunes out of him there are cities in america that have been built entirely on pig and the american pork packing interest appears to keep quite half the country going but how have these things been accomplished certainly not by the breeding and rearing of single pigs in people's houses no the american irish have gone in for pig-keeping on wholesale and colossal lines they have turned the gentleman that pays the rent out of the house into fields and pens they have made a business of the feeding and fattening of him and they have erected monmouth factories wherein he may be slaughtered and salted down by the thousand ireland might with indisputable advantage take a leaf out of the bulky lard-stained book of chicago irish bacon will always command quite as good a price as the best american that was ever exported the english market for it is practically inexhaustible but apparently nobody but the americans has enterprise or courage enough to exploit that market in america the pigs for the packing trade are understood to be fed on apples and pea flour and i have seen it suggested that because they are amply supplied with these staples the american pig feeders will always have the advantage of possible competitors there are neither apples nor pea flour in ireland but there is the potato and if ever an article of food was designed for a special sort of beast the potato was designed for the pig the irish should endeavor to remember that if the potato have any virtue at all it is intended for the feeding of pigs and not of human beings the english farmer does not when the dinner hour draws near lead forth his wife and children to his hay chamber for nutriment and the irishman should have just a small augustatory regard for his store of potatoes it is pig feed my dear patrick pig feed and not victuals at all if the english peasantry were to take to a diet of chopped hay and husks to-morrow the english landlords would not lift a little finger to prevent them and within a twelvemonth they would adjust matters by putting up rents all round so long as you the low wild irish choose to be content with the same diet as your household pet so long may you remain content and so long will the landlords look to it that you get no other food i do not believe for a moment 
that ireland is going to be regenerated on political and measure-making parliamentary lines her regeneration will have to come out of herself so much of it as has already been accomplished has come wholly out of herself and not out of legislation at all the rest will follow if the irish people have a mind to deal as straightly with themselves in the future as they have dealt with themselves in the past and i should say that at all cost the potato and pig habit as it now exists in ireland should be broken and got rid of and utterly wiped out end of chapter nineteen recording by john brandon